This is the East Nashville Yacht Club Podcast. My name is Kellen Cole, sitting here with my main man, the Mayor Madison, Richard Lips. How are you doing this <laughs> Doing evening? well, man. How are you? All just sitting on the rainbow. That's good, man. That's good. Hey, we have a special guest tonight. We do. We got two, actually. Yes, that's true. Hey, welcome to the show, Mr. and Mrs. Chad and Chelsea from Offbeat Horror. What's going on? Hello. Hello. Nothing, nothing much. Nothing much. Thank you guys for coming in. Hey, You're, thanks for having us. Dude. You two are easily probably <laughs> the most interesting people we've had before the show started. Hell yeah, dude. In history, I would think. Oh, Damn okay. near. Thank you. You got me right up there. Well, I, dude, I appreciate that. That's I strive for that goal for everywhere I go. <laughs> I bet that's what it is. I, I bet. say the, the work you guys are doing uh, yeah. man, is definitely, you know, something that people aren't necessarily used to. Yeah. Yeah, at least no masses. Yeah. At least the content, yeah, I guess. Yeah. You're too, like I said, like I've told you beforehand, I, I saw you guys on uh, Salt White Underbelly on uh, YouTube. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like I said, you're the most remarkably normal people to ever be on that show. <laughs> that still oh, shocks yeah. me to hear that. Like it still takes <laughs> me by surprise. How does that take you by surprise? There is a guy turning into a dragon. <laughs> There are incest <laughs> people. Yeah. Well, There's, I guess, when you put it, that he way. did say he was from Alabama, and I didn't yeah. tell you where I was. <laughs> no, uh, no. I mean, when you when you compare us to some of the the soft white people, I guess that that skews the sense of normalcy. But we're to, very used to not yeah. being the the normal. I was gonna say, to be fair, to be the most normal person on soft white underbelly is not saying a lot. Yeah, <laughs> soft white is what they called me back in high school too. <laughs> 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 Soft white jazz. <laughs> Soft white jazz. <laughs> Only the girls. I never really knew why. But. <laughs> I was nosing too. You look like you got tail. Where you been? Uh, dude, Tennessee, bro. Mm-hmm. I hadn't really been. I just been working outside a lot. Oh, is that what it does? So. Yeah. Oh, he's just been I working on the bushes. Yeah. <laughs> I've, well, I've been uh, just sawing shit down, cutting trees, all kind of shit. I like thought that. maybe y'all been like doing a circuit or something. Yeah. Like there was something going on. You as didn't far see that as thirst trap he posted, you know, cutting down the tree on is the that what yeah. 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 That's what Did you video that? that? Uh, no, I wish I had. Uh, <laughs> no, no, our friend did, but I'm glad it was done. Yeah. It was wonderful. Originally, he sent it to me with like some uh, wrestlers kind of intro music. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm going with. Genuine pony, son. <laughs> Let's crank this up to a hundred. So funny, funny story with that song. I did uh-huh. a father-daughter dance on Friday, and I said, "Okay, everybody off floor. This song's for the mothers." I played the first few notes of Pony, and that's like, "All right, no, no, we're not." But everybody knew what the song was. That, I mean, that was actually uh, the band I was in for. Well, I guess still kind of in X Ray Vision, which is a comedy punk band. Yep. Every place we went to, that was our intro. Before we stepped on stage, I'd play that, and you'd have all these punk rockers of Mohawk, like, what the fuck is going on? And I'd come out, and I'd have some rip-away pants. Bam! And I'm in fucking underwear, you know? That's one of those few songs, though, when it starts, you know exactly. You know exactly. You know the vibe. You know what's yeah. about to happen. Yes. Yeah. I, I, so, for me, like, it's that song and Yeah by Usher, or, like, yeah. the two songs I could think, like, as soon as it starts, well, uh, what's that Lil John song, the... Uh, to the window, to the, oh, that yeah, one. I think yeah, it's Susan yeah. starts. God, what's that in song? the club? It's another one like that. Yeah, in the club. In yeah, the club. in the club is one where it soon as dude, it starts. Usher, you know, and, dude, that was when music was really fucking on and popping. Dude. You know, there used to be like good clubs yeah. in like every city. I don't think club is a thing anymore, yeah. really. Like even Nashville. Nashville used to be all clubs yeah. when I was growing up, and that's not. Like, 
it, it's gone away to where like you go to a club and you're there to dance. Yeah. Now you're just there, just mingling around, hanging out, conversating. But then there's music playing. It's not the same like everybody's on the dance floor. That's yeah. that's gone. Not like when we that's were. That's true. That's very yeah. true. Mm-hmm. Well, even like the 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 way that people drink is completely different from how clubs used to be to now. Clubs used to be like you ordered shots. Like I'm mm-hmm. gonna get. We're doing a round of redhead sluts. We're doing a round of Washington apples. Yeah. Like whatever it is, and now it's like, uh, okay, so we want. Uh, I, I need a painkiller. Yeah. Yeah. This, this artisan <laughs> cart, uh, cocktail. Yeah. IPA like it's cocktails. and gin and tonic. Yeah, and it's not the same. Dude, back in the day, I atmosphere. used to go in the in the bar, and my first drink was a uh, shot of Jaeger and a, a Bud Light. Oh, Fucking, God. let's get some Jaeger bombs. Oh, we'll yeah. fucking go. Mom was always about uh, to throw up. I just had a visceral reaction. Yeah. And I could Jager smell bomb. it. Oh god. Oh, that that I will agree with you. I could smell a Jaeger bomb yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. Saying that, yeah, I you, might have to take a break from drinking Red Bull. To be honest with you, because the next time I open one, I'm gonna smell Jaeger. Oh, what about Rumple Mints? God. Oh, god. <laughs> I was a bartender for a while, I and that was too. just the bane of my existence. <laughs> so Rumble Mints is one of those things where you're already too far gone, and you're like, this sounds like a good idea. That was the drink <laughs> you, you ordered when you were uh, fucking with your friends after a, a certain point. We're you know, trying like, to black out. Yes. Yeah. Everything my, at this point sounds like a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, my granddad had a, fr- uh, a phrase about shots, and I'll never forget it. He said, shots are for people who don't have time to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. That's I true. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, you're just trying to like let's just let's, let's catch up. Let's I mean, you are. Here. You are like you're trying to get to a point to where <laughs> to where you don't want to remember. It. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, nobody does a shot thinking oh, I'm gonna have a relaxing night tonight. <laughs> that's not at all. Yeah. Not <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I've never come home and said, "Hey, I want a shot of whiskey to wind down." Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> You either sipping or shooting. Have a long day at Two work. Different. Let me just wind down with a shot of tequila. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, Chelsea, Chad, it's a pleasure to have you. Oh, dude, thanks for having us, man. I love thank you guys' you. setup in here. It's rad. Well, you thank my brother. Yeah, yeah about music to say. Vintage, yeah. Well, shout out, shout out to Music City Vintage for allowing us to continue to have this uh, podcast here. Yeah, Music City Vintage. It's beautiful in here. Yeah, if you're into uh, throwback Nikes, they got a lot of kind of vintage stuff reminded me of kind of like growing up. Mm-hmm. I've Super told cool. him I don't know how many times and I still I will die on this hill. I think he has stolen a lot of my stuff from when I was a kid and sold <laughs> it in here. My That's brother okay. did that with my Pokemon cards and my Power Rangers and mm-hmm. he swears today that he doesn't have them or he never sold them but I know he fucking has Cut them. Him off. <laughs> Cut them off. <laughs> we have. That's what we have. No, he legitimately two years ago was cut off. Actually, we actually have cut him off for non-related reasons. So, so you guys. So the reason you're on soft white underbelly is murderbilia. Yes. So you guys got into the dark and macabre, and I'm sure you talked about this a billion times. But you guys actually do. how would you describe it? I guess you're going to do better than I can. All right. So, uh, yeah. So about 10 years ago, uh, when I met Chelsea, uh, I've always been in like serial killers and like dark things, you know, it started like at an early, probably pretty young age. I found some old photos of a relative that was in world war two and he was holding like decapitated soldiers hands Mm -hmm. with him and his buddies. This is when he was like probably barely 18. 
So that was kind of like the spark of it. I just found it interesting. And then, of course, with the Dahmer stuff happened. Um, and then leading into our relationship, like it was one of those things. Every time you, I was with someone or dating someone, I told them about that. They were like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You know? So when I finally met Chelsea and we went on a tour and I was like, hey, what do you think about going out and checking out some serial killer spots? <laughs> Trying to get get her in the mood. And, hey, lady. and she was down with it. So. I was like, cool. I already have a mapped yeah. out. I was hoping yeah. you would ask. We, we were both into it. And Funny just, you should ask. Yeah. It w- seriously, along those lines, like when he first suggested about uh, like collecting some of the stuff, yeah. um, I had just ordered or had just been like looking for his Christmas present and it was a piece of uh, brick from Jeffrey Dahmer's apartment building. Right. I was like, I'm glad you mentioned it because Merry yeah. Christmas. <laughs> so did you guys used to get on like E-Bombs World? You could say Mage is me. And so. Rotten.com and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. we definitely done Absolutely. all that. Um, so yeah, it really started from there and then we started collecting things. Like I saw uh, Merle Allen, which is Gigi Allen's brother, had posted right. something, and we have booked uh, the Murder Junkie several times with Merle. And I was like, "Holy shit, you can buy this kind of stuff!" So we uh, were working at a strip club at night. I was booking shows in Nashville during the day, and um, so you guys were living here when this started. I didn't realize that we were living in Bolt. Well, we were in Kentucky. We were in Bowling Green, Kentucky, and I commuted okay. down here daily for work. Back so it was better money DJing at a strip club. No, the strip club the strip was club, in Bowling Green. The strip club in Bowling Green paid okay. our way so I could pursue being a booking agent. You know, gotcha. one of my first gigs was with uh, a guy named Bubba Sparks. And I used to like you walk. say it like that's yeah. a small name. Like, <laughs> yeah. You might, uh, yeah, this, this little fella. <laughs> but I was a punk rocker, so I never yeah. really got into like. Uh, I was pretty close minded to hip hop in general when I first moved up here, and then when I opened my mind to it, before you know it, like you couldn't come around the house without a Kevin Gates album playing. You know, gotcha. <laughs> but um, no, first of all, I'm a little bitter about that because I like in my past life I was a DJ, and so no shit. Uh, being from like Georgia and stuff, like rap, hip hop, all that, like I, I DJ trap music. And uh, absolutely loved Kevin Gates. And when I came into his life and tried to play some of it, he's like, what's that shit? Turn it off. And he goes boxing with Bubba Sparks one fucking time. And he comes home and turns on Kevin Gates and acts like it's the best thing in the world. Well, what it was is I was I was his for the shows. I was his driver, his merch guy, essentially like the tour manager. Yeah. um, Without the kind of label at first. And that's all he listened to. That was like right in the era when Kevin Gates was really starting to pop. Mm-hmm. And at first I was like, man, what the fuck? And then by the end of the ride, I'm like, yeah, I got two <laughs> phones. You know? And uh, so that's how that happened, And uh, which I'm glad it did because like I was kind of really closed-minded punk rock kid. If it yeah. wasn't, I was like a real purist about it too. It had to be like this particular well, style Well, it's kind of, of elitist in that, that yeah, genre anyway. It really is, yeah. yeah. So like after getting here and like, Given hip hop a chance, like holy shit, this is some really good stuff, you know. And then same thing with country music, you know, because that was the, the stuff my dad would play growing up. You know, Hank yeah. Senior. I'm like, this is, I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> and this guy, you know, one more song, holy shit. So did music actually unite you guys yes. first before? Yes, Absolutely. it did. Let's talk about it. So uh, he's always worked with a venue um, in Columbus. We were both living there. And uh, there was a festival going on and I was scheduled to DJ on that festival. Well, a couple days, but like the day before the event, uh, whoever was throwing that event uh, shut it down. A lot of the touring bands and and bands traveling from out of town had already kind of come in or they were on their way. 
So Chad and the organization that he founded with his best friend, which I'm, we're all now a part of, uh, the Plug Uggies Wrecking Crew, we got together, saved the show. Um, I saw something on Facebook and it was like, hey, we've all the touring bands are covered on the show. If any locals want to play, it's first come, first serve. So I immediately started to uh, like hit whoever up because I wanted to play the show. And long story short, I, I came to help like clean up the venue. Um, I was there for hours. I had ended up talking to Chad and he was like, yeah, I'm sure we can get you on the show. No problem. I'll be there after work about 930. We'll talk about it in person if you want to come up and talk about it. So I'd been there for about five hours cleaning and, and scrubbing. I was hot, sweaty, nasty. And it was like 930. Then it was 1030. Then it was 1130. He still hadn't shown up. I really wanted to play this show. Uh, and then all of a sudden, as I'm getting ready to leave, he rides in on his motorcycle, uh, three hours late and everybody's like, Hey Chad, blah, blah, blah. And he's high-fiving his buddies and they're like, all right, we're going downtown to drink. All right, let's go. And he turns around and goes to leave. And I was like, Hey, hi, excuse me. And he's like, Oh, DJ girl. Yeah. Um, I'm so sorry. Let me buy you a drink. And I'm like, actually, cause I, I was uh, in another relationship at the time and I was getting yelled at for not being home. And uh, I was like, no, I'm sorry, I can't. But uh, I just I just want to play tomorrow. And he's like, yeah, no worries. I got you. You're on the show. Um, and then he, he told me if I wanted to help out at the show to show up like the next morning at like 930. So I come the next morning and he's like, he's like, I'll be there at 930. He wasn't there at 930, about 1030 rolls around. And he Party rolls part. up with the uh, set list and he like posts the set list on the door. And I go look to see what time I played and I'm not on the fucking set list. <laughs> so he was like, I'm sorry, I forgot. It was just so much going on. And uh, so by this time, I'm like this fucking prick. Like I hated him. I was so <laughs> I was fucking mad. He did everything he could to woo you. Yes. So in the midst of this intense wooing, he's like, hey, you can you can close out the show and I was pissed because the it was like midnight was closing out the show and uh, the band before me they were I think they were called Dark Sermon and they had gone on by by this time everybody's fucking passed out or just completely drunk and this this band comes on uh, right before I play they're called Dark Sermon they shut off all the lights and they're playing by candlelight on stage so everybody's like what's going like is it, is it I guess it's close I guess we're done like I, they shut the lights off so everybody had left and he I was like I'm not playing like I'm I'm good and he was like well thank you for all your help can I put you uh in this this text message thread uh just to keep Hell you yeah. just to keep you informed on the <laughs> events and stuff going on and come to find out it was a text message thread of like one of his buddies to make it look less suspicious and then a bunch of like old numbers of his that were disconnected so it was just me texting him <laughs> if I ever with told his you guys, friend he is so smooth I told you I was a salesman right so yeah. smooth. Salesman. this is the, the my greatest purchase right here this is my greatest uh, transaction you right did here. all you could to win that one out yes, yes. He, <laughs> did, he wooed me with uh, some PBR yeah. and a pack of cigarettes and our first date was watching Joe Dirt and I was mm. fucking I was, sold I was just about to ask you said you were in a relationship so how did the first date happen oh I drove up to her house and went in there, and her boyfriend didn't want none. So, <laughs> so at the time, whoa, you drove up there while she so was still in his a relationship. Yeah. Okay, to be fair, technically, he was a piece of shit. Piece of shit. Uh, we had been living like roommates for months at this point. He was yeah. just, to be honest, he was an abusive piece of shit. Yeah. And uh, he was coming out of a marriage. He was separated from his mm-hmm. wife. So we. Like the old Johnny Cash story a little yeah, bit. Yeah, there right? we go. 
<laughs> so it just kind of took, uh, I mean, truthfully, and not to make light of anything, um, we were both in kind of abusive situations and we found each other and realized how much shit sucked how and how much better yeah. things could be when you had somebody good in your corner and uh, it, it just worked out for the best. So. That's beautiful. That's awesome. I really fell in love for the first time. Like I was married, which I know that's fucked up, right? I'm actually his but, third wife. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but that's true. The longest, this is the longest relationship I've ever had is 10 years, like by many years. Cause I was always traveling in bands. Yeah. So you know how that story goes. Do you be on the yeah. road? You know, and uh, meeting people on the road. You know, you're trying to get some. He some fucked a lot of chicks on the road. Is sometimes what he's trying to say. <laughs> That's what it Whoa, like. no, he only been with two because he's been married three times, so he's <laughs> yeah. only with two women. Before. Yeah. Well, we know that. Well, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes when you're when you're in a broke punk band touring. All right, so this is a great episode, you, guys. We'll talk to you. You got to do what you got to do to to like yeah. to be able to sleep somewhere yeah, for the get, night to get a nice place to sleep and a hot meal. Gotta, yeah, you got to put out for a sometimes hot meal. you got to marry him. I was more than happy to marry her, dude. She's been. Uh, I actually quit my job uh, two weeks Shack. in. I yeah. was working at Radio Shack. I was an assistant manager. And You're he talking was about like, something hey. that ages you. Radio Shack. I'm 24. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was this Radio Shack? But he was like, uh, I'm going on tour and I want you to go with me. And this was like two weeks after we were like officially together. And I was like, okay. So I quit my job and we went on the road for 60 days. 60 almost. days, yeah. yeah. Y'all were on the road together for 60 days. Yeah, playing, playing in a, a horror ska band called The Independents. Uh, she was selling Sounded merch. like no doubt. Uh, well, no, they were managed by Joey Ramon up until he passed away. Um, they had like a couple really big opportunities and kind of, you know, kind of made some bad decisions. But uh, that was kind of how we met. We like literally I, I was I had booked them several times. We went on the road. We got to see the world. We got to go to all these like cool like serial killer spots and uh, just spend time together. It was, it was really fucking rad. So I'm assuming you know more about ska than I do because you're actually in a ska band. But one thing that uh, bothers me with yeah. ska is I always hear like the originators of ska was the band Madness. And Madness to me is not ska whatsoever. Uh, Am I wrong? Well, you know what? And here, here's the honest truth, man. I was never real big into ska. Okay. I like this particular band. Um, and got the opportunity to go. Like, I was a real big fan of their band. Yeah. Um, there were some ska bands, but I would think, you know, you got a lot of bands from back then, like the Specials. Specials, um, that's a ska band. You know, band. They, they yes. get, I hear a lot of people talk about them as kind of like some of the uh, guys who were kind of in it first, you know. Um, and then a lot of, there's a lot of tons. So you're never actually mm-hmm. into ska and got in a ska band? Because I like that particular band. I had booked them. So that basically what had happened, they I had booked them to play a show in my hometown. Yeah. And they're like, hey, our bass player, quick, can you fill in for this show? You know, sure. I was like, fuck, I'll learn the songs, you know. So I played that, and then after that, I was like, hey, how do you feel like about about doing a tour? You know, and then it kind of started from that. The next thing I knew, I'd done 150 shows in, like, 2013. So was punk more your genre? Yes, absolutely. Punk rock What's the difference between punk and ska? Well, ska is like... Horns. Horns. Na- there's a horn yeah, there's section. horns. It, well, a lot, of, a lot of things are different. Yeah, there's there's a lot of clean <laughs> guitars and kind of upstrokes, yeah. like... Dan- na- 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 yeah. 
punk rock is kind of wingtip shoes. Yeah. <laughs> Suits, a lot suits, of wingtip yeah, shoes. Of, yeah, suits. yeah. The sky guys normally would wear suits. Now, with the band I was playing in, they kind of set themselves apart from all the other sky bands at the time because they looked like bikers. They looked like they would play metal, and yeah. then they got up there. I mean, they were big. The lead singer was like six four. Yeah, long hair, you know. And so you would think, oh shit, it's a metal band. And then all of a sudden, they'd be like, pick it up now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, one guy dancing the yeah, whole yeah, time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sure, uh, dance it. I got a horn. Yeah. Can I be but, in the band? Dude, we got to do some cool shit, man. I got to play on a reservation a few times. Which that would like, be cool. Dude, That'd be I, cool as shit. Dude, we showed up wild. to the desert. Oh, you were at that one? Yeah, she yeah. was at she was at one of them. Yeah, you were. Um, dude, were y'all tripping or anything? No, but I should have been. No I, shit. I should have been. Be I was, cool I was, he was straight edge pretty much at that point, yeah, besides that point. drinking. Well, most of those bands were back then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we pulled up to like in the middle of the desert. There was like pallets laying out. It, that was the stage, and then uh, then generator. it started. At one point, it's raining. There's a, I got a picture somewhere of these guys holding a tarp up over our gear so we can play and finish the set. There was probably like a hundred people from the reservation just circle pitting. You know, oh that'd be badass. there was like a guy that there taking so cool. taking the buttons from the merch thing and piercing his eyebrow and his lip and stuff with it. That's fucking and then, badass. Uh, Dude, it's, and it's weird. Like it was so cool to like go and like to kind of be amongst like a different culture because they yeah. are. It's totally different, and they hate white people, which you know probably I understand why you know. But um, <laughs> but I will say this: about, there's a history. We, we yeah, gave yeah, yeah. we gave them a reason. Yeah, yeah. We gave them a reason. But dude, they were like super cool to us. Like uh, tell them, it's been so long. Yeah. Can you get over it by now? And one ah. of the, one of the ladies, because uh, we stayed with like a, is it a shaman. Or what's their medicine man? Shaman. I think he's a shaman. Yeah. And I had I had a vest, and my buddy had passed away, and we had him cremated, and I and I have some ashes sewn into my uh, club vest. That's badass. And they were like, that cannot come in the house. Like they were like totally turned off by. They thought it'd be evil juju. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, I just kind of respected it and left it in the thing. But man, they made some good ass bread, dude. That bread was no shit. The Navajo point, bread. Son. I Holy still. Shit. Two days ago, we were talking about well, it. it about I was craving it. I don't know. It's just delicious. They made it because there was like a. My, my white racist ass was thinking in my head, is it cornbread? Is this like. <laughs> no, it's because uh, they had what was like a canteen or cafeteria on the yeah. reservation where yeah. that's where we got fed. And they would, I mean, it was like a cafeteria style, but it was like the most amazing like lamb stew and this like giant piece yeah, of like Navajo bread. Yeah. It was. I still crave it. That so, was, so which punk bands did you originally start getting into? So when I first started getting to punk rock, uh, you know, I definitely, well, I came from a Christian background, like a religious background. So I was kind of forced of to listen to Christian yeah. music. So one of the first punk bands I listened to on my own that I liked was MXPX. I can um, see that. And then I went from, I was definitely like, Rib no was Rib the album. No, No, uh, no Effects was, was Rib. Yeah, yeah, Rib was a great album. Uh, Pennywise, Bad Religion. Um, Zayo was another big influence in my life. I've always liked Bad Religion. Yeah, Bad Religion, so fucking good. But uh, yeah, well, pretty much that whole Epitaph Records and Fat Records era. Yeah, that's kind of what I grew what up. What was with. it you told me? Yeah, we were talking uh, um, on, when we were talking on the phone you, that you had something to do with something with Fat Records or with Fat Mike. I can't remember what was you said that you did. I'm trying oh, to remember. That you, you just did the tribute album. Oh, okay. So I, yeah, I just did a. Song so uh, no effects is breaking up. You know they're, they're yeah. finally calling it. So I was just a part of a. Uh, we did a cover of Dying Degree. This on a like a trifold three vinyl edition. There's like us and sixty other bands. Yeah. 
on it. So that maybe that's what I was talking about. So the Christian punk. Did you listen to Christian punk? Yeah, I started. I grew up listening I to Christian punk. I love Further Scenes yeah. Forever. Okay, I love Further Scenes Forever too. Like I grew loved up, it. A lot of those bands were good. Like I just did uh, Mike from MXPX podcast like a couple weeks ago. Okay. Um, and I, that was one thing I wish I would have brought up is you know the religion aspect because you a lot of us are kind of forced into it. And just did it, you know, until we got old enough to kind of think for ourselves, you know. That was a big thing, especially in Florida. It seemed like there were a whole lot of Christian punk bands down there. It's the Bible bit. Mm. Bible belt, not Bible bet. <laughs> Bible bet. Oh, I thought else. you said Bible bed. I was like, I The Bible it. bed, girl. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a weird journey to go from Christian punk bands to ska bands yeah, to... To like satanic punk bands. That was kind of like where I end up landing on and it was really just kind of a rebellion from what was forced down my throat and all the religious trauma i got like now that i'm older i'm yeah to go to gg allen and merle allen and shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah well i was in a band called 213 that we would literally come out wearing animal carcasses Holy and, shit. and stuff like that so like uh <laughs> and it was more of just kind of a awe and shock thing um and it's crazy to think I mean, now you'd get arrested for sure for that stuff. Oh, God, but back yeah. then, we would pack out. We would go to, allegedly, we would <laughs> allegedly go to this park in Columbus, Georgia, pry open a window and, window and have like an outlaw show. It was like a park, and they had this building. Yeah. And we would all get together with the bands and say, okay, the, tonight the promoter's name is James Jimerson. <laughs> so when the cop came, he's like, who's in charge? Who's like, James Jimerson. And we yeah. just load up all of our shit and get out there. But, dude, we did some wild shit out there. They probably would have landed us all. The statute of limitations on most of that has passed. So I think you're good. Do you know who Gigi Allen is? No. So Gigi Allen was this like punk god in the 80s, late 80s, very early 90s. What was the band he was in? He was in the Murder Junkies. There you go. He was in the AIDS Brigade. So he, his shows were notorious for, he would consider it like, like it was live physical art, and he would, you know, cut himself shit, piss, so that's spit on the crowd, the throw the crowd. So his funeral, though, his funeral was something of legend. So this guy apparently died, and they had this three so day. Did he die or not? He did die. He did from a uh, heroin, I think. So they had this three day funeral with his body, and just partied recording this uh-huh. with his body just sitting in the corner yeah. which was and not were, embalmed no but, and they no, were just the like sitting in the chairs they were shitting on it he pissing was in a on it, everything yeah. to his body they were fucking with his body the whole yeah. time as he's this. decomposing and, and rotting one of the weirdest fucking yeah. things and it was like everybody was okay with I, I, it's I don't what know. he would have wanted I guess well, you know, he was of, on Donahue did he yeah, write that in was. his will I don't, I don't you know. know. I don't know. He didn't have a like word. a lot of that too. It's like you know how like when things actually happen, and by the time the, story the legend gets got bigger told, gets than bigger. the actual. So I, I've met his brother several times. He's always been super nice and super respectful to us. But you know, a lot of times things do get blown out of proportion. So how much of that is true, you don't know. But he definitely was wild as fuck. There's footage on YouTube. To he show was it. definitely like, pictures of him wild in the coffin. as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Went to prison several times for things he did at shows because he would get butt naked and just beat a chick up. 
you know, just and because three guess, guys would jump in and they'd all start fighting. Yeah, man, with the murder stuff, have you gotten anything from the band Mayhem? Is that anything uh, shit, that people we just, want? We just we actually talked want. about this last night. We did a podcast. No on shit. Mayhem. Our yeah. podcast episode we Y'all recorded last night yes. was about the no, the Norwegian black metal, yeah. the start of it, and the band. Have Mayhem. you ever heard of them? I've heard of it. Let me you give you some footnotes. But story yeah, of this. I can give I you. I didn't go yeah. deep into yeah. it. Somebody was That's talking about said. it. I was like, hey, <laughs> hey. Um, so I give you the footnotes. So basically, what it is: a bunch of young kids trying to out it evil one another. Culkin. You know, yeah, <laughs> that was the, the movie. Yeah, the movie. So it was like they were trying to prove who could be the most meanest, toughest, evil. Blackest. And then it got to murder, and then it just got out of control. It was it was a bunch of kids having a whose dick is bigger contest. Yep. Yeah. And then it got out of hand when somebody died because there was one super extra stupid somebody That was really the, the most perfect explanation of that scene I've yeah. ever heard in my somebody life. Somebody in the really band whose dick or was somebody bigger is exactly the, what so that was. It started off the original, well, not the original, but the singer that kind of like started the whole mayhem thing was obsessed with death killed himself what, what did he go by what was the uh, Jay dead, dead. and then uh, one of the guys from mayhem came in found him there he ended up posing the body taking pieces the of the skull yeah. and then he shot pictures and had like with a display he went and got a disposable camera came back shot pictures it later became the album cover and then uh, his dead body, yeah, and it still is, yeah, it's and still then out there. Did take pieces of his skull uh, and make them into necklaces, yeah. which I was extremely uh, saddened, I guess, to yeah. learn that in 2018, uh, one of those necklaces did go up for auction, and it came How with much? a letter from from Euronymous, yeah. uh, authenticating it. He was the guitarist. He was he the was guitarist the, of Mayhem. Yeah, um, a lot of he stuff, was yeah. the he was kind of the ringleader of the entire the black the fuckery circle. that so was going on. I thought he was actually kind of the asshole of the whole group. He was kind he of was. the prick. He wasn't the stupid one, but he was the prick. Uh, Varg Vikernes okay. was the, the the fucking stupid one who ruined it yeah. for everybody. These guys had like that jock mentality, except they were black metal kids. You know, like I'm better than you. Kind but of they shit. were all like. 18 to 25 yeah. so they were all like their brains were still yeah. underdeveloped like yeah. they didn't know their elbow from their asshole and they were trying to like murder I don't know yeah. so they how were much did it stupid. go for $3,500 I would thought more than that I that's too. what we he's like I would have bought that shit he, he stopped me and he was like wait not $35,000 $3,500 said it. I was like, right. that's a museum piece people like ultimately, we would have bought it. I, ultimately, my goal is to have. We had a museum in Columbus, Georgia. Did not go well. Uh, it was a protest and all kind of shit. I eventually want to have one here in. Uh, to say you started something got protested is unbelievable. Well, so, <laughs> so, so good. What we end up doing. So I came outside one day and there was a lot of like. I call them church ladies because they have like those big hats and yeah, stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I walked up to the car and I was like, hey, can I help you guys? And they were like, Oh, we about to shut it down. We're having a city meeting today. I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, true crime museum, you know, talking about our spot, you know. So we end up making a commercial. (laughs) We're like saying, hey, everyone's welcome here. It don't matter your religion, your race, your background. But as I'm telling this, I'm wearing a cloak with no shirt on. And then as I leave, the door opens and you see a a naked person laid out (laughs) in a guy with a knife. Like he's about the door closes. (laughs) So we played into that shit. And uh, eventually he just left us the fuck alone. But. Our goal is to eventually have a museum here in Nashville. 
with different true crime relics and artifacts. And there's also no like way you couldn't set one up here. There's yeah. no way you couldn't well, set one up here. Well, it's just the price, The rent here. I could see that. I could see the rent. But if you could get something in East Nashville, for sure, yeah. like you could make some money on it. Eventually, pe- yeah. people would come to that. Yeah, I don't, I don't, we don't even need a big spot. Like our last spot, like literally is probably the size of this room. We can cram a lot I'll of talk to shit my brother in there. About there you go. Yeah, <laughs> come get some Nikes and check out so, some weird shit. <laughs> so seriously, so I'm still kind of floored by this. So you actually did find something from this the singer of Mayhem, yeah. and it only went for thirty five. A piece of dead yeah. skull that because when yeah. when Dead killed himself, he slit his wrist and slit his throat, and then killed himself with a shotgun. Yeah. and you know, That's head like exploded. Two did do it. Well, he wanted to make sure, uh, like he wanted yeah. to be extra sure. Like genuinely, he had some severe mental issues, oh, but he he, was fucked. he yeah. legitimately thought he was dead, which is why he went by the moniker "Dead." That wasn't even the first time he had tried. No, it wasn't. Uh, it's the first time he succeeded, though. Uh, yes, but, <laughs> as far but as we know. Euronymous did. He came back and he he discovered dead, dead, uh, dead, deceased, and then well, there's went rumors to the, he killed him. Well, it, it, there's a lot of rumors. So. There was I've, rumors that he made his like pieces of his brain into yeah, soup too. Yeah. But uh, a lot of the the band and, and people in that circle yeah, came yeah. out and finally put some of the more extreme and stuff. And Jay to wrote rest. a letter too, and it matched his handwriting. Well, so. it was yeah. a lot like we just talked about with Gigi Allen. The story became bigger yeah, yeah. than the actual oh, yeah. circumstance. Oh yeah, the stories were incredible. I mean, they literally I mean, made a movie about it. Oh, like for sure. Rory McCulkin. Yeah. Rory Culkin was yeah, in it. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a decent. That actually movie. was a good movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, two of the the band members and, and Necro Butcher, the the one remaining original member of Mayhem, they initially agreed to that. the The movie was uh, Lords of Chaos. Yeah. And uh, then they kind of uh, recanted their support of it because they said it ended up being much more one sided. Uh, I guess they portrayed Euronymous and Dead's relationship as more friendly than it actually was. I guess there was pretty really? much there was a lot of turmoil. Um, and, and it was rumored that dead had tried to stab Euronymous, um, but they said they fought or, but yeah, anyways, dead, dead did it. It's a wild story. Yes. You do like that Norwegian black metal? I like like some of it for sure. Like I, I write some stuff, like I'm working on like a black metal project right now. Um, I like some of it. I like the drumming. Yeah, I like it. Depends on what kind of mood you're in. For me, it's a good it, setting. Yeah, it's not for, like every day. Yeah, it's there. not like wake up in the morning drinking yeah. coffee and <laughs> you know, it like that. Well, speak for yourself. Um, I mean, it kind of is. Like, I love it. It more so, it's the content for me because, like we discussed yesterday, Chad pointed out that uh, Burzum, who which is a Varg's band, well, but a lot of his am. content yeah. is extremely racist, yeah. and I just like I don't care how good because the there's a lot of we have a lot of conversations about separating the art from the artist kind of deal and and i do that pretty well uh unless it comes down to like shit that varg does so i won't be like yeah, blasting yeah. burzum He's first thing in the morning person, but yeah. you know i'm on a marth maybe yeah <laughs> with True my that. coffee who was it i saw them was it did they open for ghost i'm on a marth I thought they opened for Ghost. Probably. I mean, I can, I can see that. here I, I this that summer um, we missed at it. Ascend. We missed it. I'm about positive that went. was the opening band. Yeah. I don't know. I'll check that show out for sure. I'm though. about positive that was the opening yeah. band. Well, that makes it even worse that we missed it. We tried really hard to go to the show. Ghost was, so that was the first time I saw Ghost in concert. And uh, Were they phenomenal? Fucking amazing. It was so much better than what I thought it would be. 
it was so good. I mean, like all their musicians were so good in the the stage banter and like is it the theatrical of the super theatrical, yeah, super theatrical yeah. uh, just over the top oh god mm-hmm. i loved it they brought out that, like yeah. this frankenstein pope and like shocked him and they started doing a saxophone solo Hell yeah. it was it was i loved it loved it loved it loved it yeah. i was over the moon but they had this one song uh respite of the spittlefields or whatever it's all about jack the ripper mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they do this song, and at the end, it's just this, goes into this glorious, like, early 80s metal, um, like, or like like ballad. Yeah. yeah, it sounds like like that early Ozzy when he would, like, okay. go into ballads yeah. type thing. And he had these female singers singing. They're, like, playing, shredding these solos. Oh, it was, it was awesome. It was so good. But I did. I loved that show. That show was so much better than what I thought it would be. So much better. But if you get the chance, 100%, I would recommend going to see them. We've oh, we tried a to. couple times. We It's really hard to get out to shows. like With kids. That, we but, well, we, we take, um, like, l- lately we've started taking our daughter if we're able to. But uh, honestly, working in music for so long, it was like... It kind of l- ruins it, it for did, you. It did, and it, it was like we spent our entire... Like years of our life, like helping people stay on the road and and doing the shows, doing the merch, doing the stage stuff. And it was like the last thing we wanted to do to unwind was go to a show, you know. I tell you, ticket prices have gotten so out of that, too. That That has a lot to do with We we pick and choose what we go to. It's why I never thought we'd see the day where it's $150 for the nosebleeds. Nosebleeds at Bridgestone. It's like COVID kind of changed everything. Like bands are like, well, shit, if I'm going to go tour. I'm like, you're going to have to pay to see me, you know? I'm not going to lie. I have a, a really cool uh, strategy to get tickets for we wait till extremely cheap. Uh, there are a lot of Facebook groups around the like oh, uh, the, the, the bands and the shows. A lot of people are selling last-minute tickets. Yeah. Some, a lot of times people are just giving them out for free. Um so they can't make it to the show if you yeah. don't mind waiting the week of. I yeah. saw Pantera two weeks ago at Bridgestone. Oh, we were in the pit, so it's Pantera and Lamb of God, and uh, you know I'll be forty three in April, and uh, so we're in the pit, and I should not have been in the pit. Oh yeah, yeah. You <laughs> so it got it got way bigger than it should have, and yeah. I ended up moshing. Trying not to mosh yeah. because I'm at the age now where I'm like, is my deductible worth? Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't imagine you sitting down. So it's not me moshing as much as it's protecting myself. Like, yeah, yeah, nobody, yeah. please do not push yeah. into me because I'm the smallest dude down there. Did you and not try to get out or you just, you just, I, kinda... you can't. The whole thing was a bit, Phil Anselmo's just losing his shit. Uh, yeah. On anybody, it's not moshing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm all those big country boys, too. Dude, dude it was. country boys. So, like, and watching Phil and Selmo go, like, I've never actually seen him as a front man. I didn't see him went down or anything. And he's just, like, just brutal. Just his face. He's making, I'm like, okay, I understand why these guys are, like, love seeing them. Yeah. I've seen Zach Wild play for I don't know how many bands now. I've seen him yeah. with like Black Label Society. Yeah. I've seen him with Corrosia Conformity, uh, Zach Sabbath, and he's awesome every time. Yeah. I'm just I, I think he's amazing. But so then, but Phil and Selmo, he's just like mm, he looks so mean the whole time, and like 
they were they were pushing the fuck out of me everywhere there was this one girl slim as she could be and she would just like slither her way into the middle of the mosh pit and do these dances and stuff and then people would just push shit out of her and knock her down you know that's the rules of the pit though like if you're gonna get in there if you're gonna get in there you're gonna get hit which uh, you know, a lot of men, like most metal people, you know, like metal kids, like it's you expect to get hit, but you also know you're going to get picked up. It's good. like it, there's so it's, nobody it was being true, mean, right? It takes yeah. a true asshole to really go in there 100%. and like, throw fist and, and just, just knock somebody just out. Just being a dick, yeah, to be a dick, yeah. So but, like Lamb of God, I thought I like Lamb of God actually more. Like so, recording wise. I'm not a big fan of Lamb of God albums or anything, but live, they're unbelievable. They're so good. Their drummer is legit. Mm -hmm. That dude is awesome. So they were really good. That was the second time I've seen them live. And, uh, yeah, it was a great show. It was a phenomenal show. The uh, we've only been to two recently. We we went to Whitechapel at Marathon, uh, and that was phenomenal. They've been one of my favorite bands for years and years, and I think that was the first time I've tried to because we we got there and we're we've already yeah. we got to the point where we know that we cannot be crushed in between any amount of people mm-hmm. because we'll we'll wake up the next day and not be able to get out of the bed. Um, <laughs> so we usually like and there was just we were in the back and then something just took over. And uh, and I just darted. I did my best to go to the front. And next thing you know, I'm like on the rails and my ribs hurt the next day and everything sucked. So we, we went to go see what was the tour called? It was Rob Zombie, oh, yeah. Alice, Alice Cooper. Cooper. Oh, that'd be good. Um, well, dude, Alice <laughs> Cooper looked like he was 145. Alice Cooper was And then singing songs about, you know, young women. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. And if you're in your 80s, and he's clearly geriatric. Yeah. I have great appreciation and respect for Alice Cooper, but he should have retired the stage show yeah, long ago because he was he was or just did country music like everybody best. else. <laughs> um, but Rob Zombie was all, he's always phenomenal, but yeah. he he's less theatrical than than he used to be because that really? was probably the seventh eighth time I've seen him, and the, I I kept going back because it used to be like big sets and so they didn't have like the clear guitar with blood and shit well Well, john five wasn't playing with them no shit it was i was i didn't know that until they announced it was somebody else and uh john John five is so good i know i've i've seen him so many times with marilyn manson uh, and stuff it was so good oh god i I was so excited to see him and then they were like john five's not you know the guitarist and i heard someone say it he's like he's one guy when i saw him play good yeah (laughs) He's one guy when I saw him play guitar, I'm like, you're too good to be playing with the people you're playing with. Like, yeah. you are insane. He's amazing. <laughs> he could play so many different styles. Like, it was weird. He was going, so John Five, when I saw him, he was going straight from reggae, country, to funk, to heavy. Like, I mean, on a whim. It was unreal watching him play. It was crazy. It is crazy. He he is. He's super talented, but he was in Marilyn Manson's band, so he just... Hey, hey, no, hey. Hey, hey. I, I like Marilyn Manson, but you would not associate someone playing with Marilyn Manson as like, oh, this is a uh, this incredibly right talented guitarist. I okay, I agree with that. You wouldn't. I, I mean... Yeah. Um, Anybody it, could. It was it was like a Johnny Rotten situation, or I guess with a with a or wait, yeah, no, wait, did I just fuck that up? 
royally. I don't know. I don't know where with you're with the with with fucking Sex Pistols. Johnny Rotten. Johnny yeah, Rotten. he didn't play. He was just recruit. Sid Vicious. Jesus Christ. Uh, he couldn't play. He couldn't play bass at all, and they just kind of recruited him. I don't think any him. of those guys could. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like it's the same thing, kind of with Marilyn Manson. Like yeah. you didn't really have to. You just had to like look weird enough to be uh, on stage with him. He was on the Wonder Years. Yeah. And then he, he was not. Like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's not true. <laughs> that um, was debunked. I'll go to war right now. That was why I started playing punk I play punk rock because it didn't require talent. Then he joined the band, got a rib removed. Yeah, true that. So he swallowed a gallon of cum. Yeah, that (laughs) might have happened. I don't know. Was it his own? No, no. That rumor originally started with Rod Stewart. Did it really? So, so depending on which generation you grew up with, it was a different artist swallowed a gallon of cum. Yeah, that was some pissed off dad that his kids are listening to that. It started that rumor. Could you imagine listening to Forever Young be like, he swallowed a gun? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's how he gets those notes. <laughs> he just had a carton guzzler. Do you think I'm cum. sexy, my bullshit? Yeah, yeah. He just had a carton of cum in the uh, refrigerator. Yeah. Just opened the door. You yeah. know how many dudes it would take, how many times it would take to make a gallon? Well, I guess no. how, how big the crew is. Three times a yeah. day for uh, every day for, for a, a year. Three. That's wild. Yeah. It would take forever to get to that amount. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Poor Rod Stewart. But yeah. yeah, it started at Rod Stewart. I think it actually turned to a Lawrence Morissette did it too. So everybody did it. I don't know. So I don't it's know. indiscriminate gallons of cum just, just, just wandering around the Having music to get industry. Your stomach pumped. Yeah. Having to get your stomach pumped. Yeah. Did Harvey Weinstein supply all this? Mm, I don't mm. think so. He no, because that's movies. That's he said he, He's all around. It's I all mean, the same conspiracy yeah, at the end of the yes, day. At the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So you got to sell murder stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, uh, we sell true crime relics, everything from like. Uh, Serial killer artwork. Um, she was saying at the beginning of the show, we've listened and oh, we yeah. saw it goes everywhere. Yeah. Hey, oh, how many tangents have we been on? Uh-huh. Have I, we hit I, the I, eleven? I, have we hit the eleven? I don't know. I don't. I don't know the. I didn't know if there was like a goal, so just, I couldn't honestly yeah, answer that question. It up. We got two more just, to need that we need to check off. <laughs> Fair. All right. So, you so yeah. The so business? we sell uh, serial killer artwork. You know. <laughs> Um, we sell human remains. I actually brought a uh, human skull cap in that lunchbox. If you guys no want way. Yeah, go ahead. No yeah, pull way. it out. Pull it out. Pull it out. Pull it out. Hold up. Hold up. Can we pause real quick? Yeah, we can pause. Yeah, yeah can we? Can we do that? Right. Yeah, Are you yeah. able to do that? Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. We're back. <laughs> oh, shit. It feels so much better. Is, oh, God. It does, don't it? It feels like Dude, a whole new day. All I could think about was peeing for like the last 20 minutes. Yeah, so. it was me, too. I, was, I had to pee very bad. But like, if somebody doesn't say it, I, I just don't know. That's what I say. I got to a point where I could, I just couldn't hold it anymore. So we didn't know this whole time. You guys had a skull in here. So <laughs> well, the top of the human skull. What's funny is I was going to bring more stuff. but You I tell me what's up. funny about that. Well, let me tell you. What's, what's funny? I opened the trunk to our car, and there was too many Girl Scout cookies in the back to bring any more human remains. Yeah. So, uh, Sorry about that. I brought what's the, your favorite Girl Scout cookie? Thin Mint. Oh, the Samo- is it Samoas? I'm a dozy dog. Dude. I got a trunk full of them. <sighs> what's the... Uh, I do. do you have a Vimo? What's the peanut, I do. What's the peanut butter oh and chocolate God. one? It really the is. The tagalong. tagalongs. I got a trunk those full of those, too. It's a skull cap. Those are my favorite. Am you I can touch it. It, it won't you bite. Pick it up? I don't know if I want to touch that. You don't have to do you if you don't want, want to. Touch to. Skull? 
I was gonna video I mean, yeah. you doing it. Yeah. All right, if you're gonna. Video. Well, you want me to pick it up, hand it to you? No, right. let it him feels touch so it. Just grab it. It feels so weird. No, it's just a dude. It's like a pick it you never up. held an animal skull. Pick it up. I know it's a person. Oh my god, it's heavy. It's really heavy. Yeah. All right, we got his fingerprints, boys. Come on in. Come on in. <laughs> so, what part of a skull is uh, the back? Yeah. yeah so it's that's the. the top. It's yep. All right, hand it to him and, and let him. Uh, yeah, let me show you. Let him pull. Well, it out I mean, if we're doing fren- phrenology. Yeah. <laughs> phrenology. <laughs> So, I've actually already dropped this a couple times. So, it's, are it's you all good. Yeah, that's why you see little pieces flaking. So, right here is where the uh, like the spine would meet the, yes. it's the base of the skull, the yeah. stem. Yes, that one. So that yeah. The, <coughs> oh, so, so that's how it goes. Okay. Yes. And that came from a lot of like a it just flaked a bunch of medical specimens. Uh, so we've got several of those. We have okay. It does. We're flake. selling does now. Do which so in Tennessee, this, this is from a cadaver. There's a hair. Well, there probably is. It Maybe one of our hairs. My hair. Okay. That's a pube hair. So that's a pube. So this is from a cadaver. Uh, well, that Most came likely. from. Yeah, it came from. So a lot of the stuff we get are from like old retired. He's like hell to the I've seen it. Seen it. <laughs> Keep it over there. Okay. Uh, so a lot of the pieces we get are from like old retired. A lot of doctors will buy or dentists or. Um, it's very porous. Yeah, yeah. It's it's you know when you hold one for the first time because you you know the the first time we got our first skull and we had it for the first time it was a lot different than I anticipated in my mind. But uh, yeah, when you go to a museum and you see those things. Uh, there's somebody that has to go out and find those things. That's kind of where we come in. Well, now looking at, I'm trying to think of. So this is what my skull looks like. Yeah, like pretty this much. Is, Most likely, it's just a yeah, just a hard casing for your. And it's uh, weird saying that the, like p- certain parts of it are way thicker than other parts of it. That's also what she said. But uh, hey, <laughs> hey, that's two tonight. Uh, that's two tonight. Baby. We're on a I'm roll, baby. So badly. <laughs> But yeah, that is that is the case. You didn't do those jokes on Softway oh, no, Underbelly. No, no. He was very serious. We weren't allowed to really be serious. Yeah, dude. So I so, let me tell that? you. They tried so, to restrict you guys. Right off the rip, I had so I brought a humorous bone I that the, I was yeah. which is the funniest bone yeah. that you could bring <laughs> yeah, on a show. The funniest one. Um, so Sorry. initially, when we got there, it happened so fucking quick. And also, I have ADHD. Sometimes yeah. doing things with my hands or my feet or scratching my leg. That's kind of like my yeah. little, you know, my little tick to kind of keep my brain. Yeah. So I didn't anticipate in holding this bone like a fidget spinner the whole time. You were. It just, it, so what happened is we got there. She put on her makeup and then he's like, oh, I'm ready. He's like, okay, cool. We walk back. He shuffles us in front of like is a this screen. Is there too? I think it's his wife. Which was really cool because they all knew our names, so that there was There were cool. several were, people there. Yeah. They were so nice and so sweet, but we we were coming off, like, we flew yeah. from Nashville. We, we got to the flew airport, like, 2.30 yes. in the morning, and then we landed in L.A. and got off the plane and immediately went, went to, to the studios. Yeah, because originally we were so supposed to do the interview the next day. About well, well, here's the deal. That? So, I didn't want to fly with any of that shit, so I pre-shipped everything uh, to him. Gotcha. Um, so, we got there. I got the box. Hold up, hold up. So, did you say hold that you record as house was that no 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 studio no he okay, had, i thought no, you were he, saying his studio was at his house no he had, a nice, no. he had a nice little spot dude. He so was, his studio separate from his house yes. yeah okay. this was like downtown it was close santa to monica yeah santa okay. monica um so we get mark's there mark's doing all right what's that mark's doing all right oh, he's oh yeah doing he's killing phenomenal it, yeah, I'm he's, sure. okay gotcha yeah he's got to be crushing it um 
So he shuffles us to the photo thing. So initially, I was trying to be lighthearted about something kind of dark. I knew, you know, I was trying to give a different impression of people like us. So the first picture I had, I had the bone up like a phone, like, hello. And he was like, hey, none of that cute shit. Yeah. <laughs> none of that cute shit. Because everything you see is like, okay. so hard and so right, intense. So, yeah. And everybody looks so sad yeah. or they, they're going they through They do look shit sad. And, yeah. Or angry. His and so, pictures look like always like desperate and yeah. sad and never like That's what he goes for. They're yeah. beautiful. Yeah. And they're, I mean, he's a phenomenal photographer, but yeah. absolutely within the first five minutes, shut chat the fuck down. Oh, he shut me down, yeah. And it was like, no um, no funny stuff at all. Which, you know, no, it was also really? going... Yeah. So it's disappointing. Well, well, I understand. I think he he know, he kind of has a vision for the viewers to pull you in. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, like, it, no big deal. We went there. Uh, after that, next thing, we're sitting in chairs, and he's talking to us. I was like, holy... Sh- oh, this is it. I was like, damn. And I, so you, you so know, you I didn't have a chance to do anything <laughs> with this bone. I still got yeah. this bone in my hand, because originally what I want to do is be like... Ever so often, reach in one of my vest pockets, but I got this. I got this, you know, like, yeah. but like after so that kind of. You kinda, had your own vision. I had my own vision, but once he kind of set the <laughs> standard, I was like, okay, let me just tune in. I'm tired. Let me watch him. And then I was getting excited because he's sitting across from me and looking at me, and he's, I could see in his eyes, he's like really excited well, about it. You had so to know like, it was a big opportunity. Too. It was a massive opportunity. Yeah. I knew it was going to be really, I, I knew it was going to be good and also bad right off the rip. I knew down the middle. Half of the people are going to hate it. You know, we... What would be bad about it? Well, we started having, you know, half of the comments. I had to... I stopped reading. Publicity. I stopped reading the comments. Really? For, at first, I was like... Uh, people. There was like... Dude, there was people make... There was a guy about that what, made a though? fake account and made 80 comments about me. I'm driving home and I'm reading it and just made up shit about me. You know, and well, I was like, dude, I, what I, the fuck? I just fuck? don't understand what would be negative about what you guys did on well, there. Well, a lot of people will. Um, oh, so well, everything was in. Please tell me they didn't talk what? about you guys dude. being parents. Um, no, 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 I didn't see anything like that, which I, yeah. I didn't read the comments because um, anytime I do anything, I usually don't listen back or read any kind of comments or feedback because I, I do it because it's what I love to do. It's what I want well, to do. Know who you are. And yeah. nobody saying anything, it, it's, yeah. it's inconsequential, to be honest. Um, and, but if somebody reaches out directly with some words of kindness or something or they want to talk, like we'll always reciprocate or we'll always yeah. sit down and talk to somebody who wants to talk. But there are a lot of people who think it, what we do is insensitive, evil. Um, evil. We've yeah. heard demonic or satanic and all these yeah. things. And uh, it's pretty much just a snap judgment or from our appearance or not really listening or forming their own opinions without really listening to the things that we're talking about or the things we're saying. And that's fine. They're allowed well, to do that. And but. it's also a lot different. Like, People are okay with going to like a Ripley's, paying $50, walking in there and seeing yeah. shrunken heads. But when someone like me that looks like me has that in their possession, it's like, holy shit, this yeah. guy's a serial killer. You yeah. know? But let me we go to did, Ripley's. We got a lot of that. They're you know? like, yeah, clearly um, they're the ones. Are they in the basement? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of it was just, I guess it started to have a kind of personal effect on me because I had people in there making shit up. Because the thing is, I will honestly say, me and Chelsea, sucks, me and Chelsea have shipped over 5,000 items throughout the U.S. and internationally. That's that's the numbers we came up with. Cash App, Venmo, we've got, you know, receipts for all that. Right. There's only been out of all those items maybe a dozen times something got damaged, lost in the mail, or something like that. We always either gave them an option to get something else or we just paid that money back. So I know you can say all you want to about us as people, but as far as business, we always kept our business on point, you know? Absolutely. So some of those comments in there were just... And now I kind of know who it was because, like, our we started this online community during COVID that's now 
approaching 10,000 members a private thing. Yeah. There's other people that have the same thing that kind of started it after us that have smaller numbers. And that really made them jealous whenever that soft white underbelly thing. So and it's not he, all of them. It's, how did he find you guys? So I, I actually reached out to Mark uh, a couple, it's, I guess, it's film a school years two years ago. Well, yeah. And I was like, hey, this is what we do. It was, you know, just kind of threw my pitch out there like I used to do for artists. Yeah. The same way I've got artists on like No Jumper. So you're I just trying to grow for, your own business. What's that? So you were trying to grow your own business. Well, we have yeah. a we have a show that we developed that we signed a license deal and we've had some really big meetings for. Yeah. So my goal is to do everything we can to make sure that show makes it to streaming yeah. or gets picked up by someone. Yeah. So then we can make money doing the show. And then my ultimate goal, I think me and Chelsea both, is we want to direct, produce other shows. Like right now, if somebody had some money, come sat with me, I can tell you like 10 or 12 people that deserve a show right now that I know is going to be a hit. And like that's been always kind of our thing is we've had the eye for talent, you know. And that's been obvious just by the people we associated with. When we first moved to Nashville, all those guys are doing huge things, you know. Um, So that's kind of our goal is like ultimately, yeah, we're going to invest in ourselves, do our own show, which would be kind of like – American Pickers of the Macabre with a punk rock twist, you know, follow us on the road as we go and collect these artifacts. And then, but we're going to stop at this punk show, get in the pit, blow some shit up, get back in the van to go buy this John Wayne Gacy piece. A little bit of uh, American Pickers, a little bit of Evil Laban. A whole lot of love. A lot of love and weird shit. That's actually not a bad gimmick. We've we've already done a couple pilot episodes right now. We have uh, one of the family members from an American uh, female serial killer that not only was he related to the serial killer, but related to the victim. And we're trying to help sell some of her glasses, uh, prison-worn glasses. And we're going to go down there and interview him. He's now like a... Uh, he does stuff... Uh, he does outreach in to the, the prison system. Yeah. So, like, we're going to go and we get to hear the perspective of someone who was related to both parties who had a love for not only the victim but the, yeah. the killer. So, do y'all have anybody recording you or are you recording yourselves? Is that anything like, like, we've a little bit of style? both? We it's, didn't, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, baby. No, it's a, it's a little bit of both. We interrupted everything. What we a had uh, man over there. I know, he's just such a gentleman and I love him. <laughs> I know uh, what I got to do. <laughs> There we go. Um, no, we uh, have cameras, and, and a couple of them we did ourselves. A few of them we had some some friends come and help us film. But it's just so much to do it's so what we work. do yeah. to, to yeah. have to because we like especially me. And I'm not saying he's not, but it's like I refuse to do anything scripted because yeah, what we do is shit. so fucking cool. It would come. And it doesn't need to be no, scripted. No, no, it doesn't. And there, it doesn't. Uh, like. It's it's so like, we've had so many amazingly cool things happen, and if we just had somebody with a camera, or if we were yeah. able to do it on phones, or just so we're we're not having to look back and was that angle right or was that yeah. was the audio did you get the audio was the audio mm-hmm. good like we just we are looking for a crew or somebody yeah. so that we can just do what we do. Yep, we're hoping somebody will invest in it. We've had some like, and I'll tell you because I've had a bad problem with telling. Some of the people that were looking at our shit and keep getting You're in not trouble allowed from the to. company. Yeah. So, like, after we get done, I'll tell you a couple. Some are really exciting that are checking yeah. us out. But, yeah, the goal is, is we don't, at this point, we just want someone to fund. 
this project because I, re- I really feel strongly in it. And I feel like even though it's a little on the dark side, I think people are going to be like, holy shit, this exists. Yeah. Not only that, but this is cool, you know? And I think from, from you explaining it, so yeah. it does sound like there would be a market for that for sure. There, A lot of people don't like, because true crime is the number one yeah. uh, genre it. in television yeah. and entertainment right now. And it has been for the past several years. And what we do is a niche in true crime that yeah. has not been done publicly before. Yeah. So However, it's on the dark side a little bit. Yeah, so, so like talking about the, the different levels of that. So I remember growing up, like my big thing, I used to watch Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I love oh, that I show. Did, yeah. And then like you could go down a rabbit hole and stuff. And then I remember uh, there were guys in school that, uh, do you remember the videos back in the day, Faces of Death? Oh, yeah. I used to watch those religiously. Godly, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, so then, I mean, there's levels that you keep going yeah. down. And then, like, I, you were talking about, like, earlier uh, earlier tonight, like, there's a threshold there. Oh, yeah. All right, there's a point I just can't cross. So, yeah. I, right. I think Faces of Death was probably, I mean, it's not as crazy, but then, like, there's a point to where I, I can't go past yes. this. Like, you wouldn't yes. touch that human skull. That's his threshold, right? There. Right. But yeah. You won't yeah. touch the human skull, but you watched him touch the human well, yeah. skull. I mean, I watched it. Yeah. And the like, next time Jason you might death. touch it, and then you know what happens the next time. The, yeah. next the time. weird part was <laughs> I got a boner. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a boner. That's the weird part? <laughs> yeah. I've had one the whole time I've been here. <laughs> I've only got one leg and a dick with a shoe on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was pretty good. I think that was funny for him. That was pretty good. Uh, But yeah, touching the the skull. skull, Yeah. I think that's the thing. I think everybody does have a threshold, and my threshold is definitely increased over the years. Because the first time me buying the human skull for the first time, I was like, holy shit, I can do this. And we even looked at laws like, okay, it's legal. (laughs) So we bought it. And the first time we got it, I'm sitting there and I'm almost trembling as I opened this. It was literally, they were pissed. So we found this skull on a Facebook group yeah at like three in the morning we just what got a home weird way to yeah. find one we Thanks just got look. home chelsea we used to work at uh the strip club chelsea worked in the bar i was the dj yeah. the security guy and the dancer and the dancer yeah, yeah. all in one it was great you know, um, the- <laughs> your name was raven yeah yeah yes yeah but no it's soft white um but so we saw this lady post said hey i'll sell this for four hundred dollars i knew that was a good deal we bought it the next day she people were hitting up offering double and triple she tried to back out of it. I kind of gave her that whole talk, made her feel bad about herself. So she ended up selling it to us. So when she sent it to us, you could tell there was no love or care into the package. It came in a Pampers diaper yeah, box. Yeah, just with the grocery <laughs> bag stuff in there. It was missing a couple of teeth. <laughs> but it was our first skull. But I'll never forget the first time I held it. I was like, holy shit, I kind of feel like I'm doing something. I probably shouldn't. Like, yeah. this is too much. And then you just kind of like, you know, as the more it went on, I just think, you know, like at the end of the day, it, I think it would be cool when I die that one of my kids, if they wanted one of my bones or my skull and they were going to have it and pass it around, I think that's fucking rad, you know? Yeah. So so that was the thing I was telling him. I've told a couple of people when I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be coming on the show. I was like, yeah, and they talked about how, like, skulls that haven't been autopsied are worth more money, the ones that didn't have razor marks in yeah. them. So I was like, that's something they, I would never, never know think of. Mummified skulls, about. Too. Yeah. I can show you a guy uh, that I follow on Facebook. One of the guys I want to go sit down and interview for our show. This guy probably has 
150, 200 skulls. Some are still in the uh, decomposition process. Some are mummified. Uh, It's wild what you can purchase out there and have delivered to your house. And legal. It's legal, too. Like, you know. So what was the most expensive piece that you guys have had? The most expensive, well, like I was talking about, we're talking about the... Like uh, of any piece. I would probably say, well, the, the thing about true crime stuff and murderabilia is really based on who wants it. Because I might be able to sell it to you, like my going rate might be 500 but if I have something that's rare, Dude, it's really about how much they want to... And if you're willing to sit on it for a while, and you, if, you, if you have those sales tactics and you know people are hitting you up, and they keep hitting you up, and you don't go down on the price, you know... Eventually, you'll get you know what. So, you from want. you guys being involved with it, then, then what's the most expensive piece you guys have heard of? Um. Oh, I'm, go ahead, baby. You know. Oh no. The that. well, um, the most expensive piece I've heard of, I guess, between the John Wayne Gacy paintings, like the Pogos, yeah. the original ones, um, but also currently there is a collector with uh, Jeffrey Dahmer's ashes. And those what? are going and for glasses. over in glasses, yeah. but the ashes are going. They're listed right now for three hundred thousand. Yeah, how does somebody what? authenticate that? <laughs> well, how well, they it came how, straight from, it came straight from his father. His father sold. Yeah. Well, that's the price yes. tag he's put on it. And the thing is, so when the whenever the Unabomber stuff happened, the government actually auctioned off the hoodie, the glasses, all the that. Government did. Yes, they yeah. did. And Holy someone shit. paid over six figures for that. There are a lot of like. Rich collectors. Why would the government do that? To raise, I guess, to raise. I believe it was a fund money for the victims, probably. Yeah. Was that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. I would think they would want to keep that for evidence. I don't know. Maybe I'm dumb. It was open to the public. After the case was probably closed. Yeah. 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 They they did it. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think I think money went to victims. And I think that's what it was. I think there was a time long enough after the case had been closed and he had died that it was just so. God, that's crazy. The yeah. government would sell that, though. Yeah. But I do believe, and don't quote I mean, that me on it. That was a government facility. Yeah. No, I, but if you I'm, raise you money, YouTube it. I think there's a YouTube for video the victims. I think it was for a noble cause. Yeah, I think a lot of that to do, and that's the thing about what we're into. There's a lot of like people trying to outlaw it, and it may it could become you know against the law uh, tomorrow to do to sell true crime relics mm-hmm. and then in that case we'll shift to something else like I we've highly doubt done, it yeah. no there's yeah. there's active legislation right now and there has Seriously? been for several years and actually several it used to be three states that you couldn't do anything with human remains or there were limitations on it and I think now it's up to seven states and uh, there is active heavy pushes in legislation to, to yeah. completely outlaw the 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 whole murderabilia trade. So the first thing they hit on that was not allowing the um, whoever to profit off of it. So if you were in prison for committing a crime, uh, like John Wayne Gacy or like Manson you or anybody, sell, you could they sell could not, glasses or yeah. you they know. could not directly profit off of it. Which there were ways around that. Yeah, um, there's always a loophole. For I could see that because you don't want them paying for their attorneys or whatever else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was once they were done and convicted. It's like, you know, so they would go through a family member or some other caveat, Mm. but they're trying to make it to where you can't. If somebody had a journal or something like, you know, family member would want to sell that off. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, we understand that. Like, I I understand. There are so many sides to it. Yeah, there are. Like, I understand, like, if if it was someone in my family it was murdered by a serial killer, I could understand how someone feels. I would want feel, somebody yeah. profiting off I, I would understand that. I would understand I that. that. Um, 
It's just to to us, it's very intriguing, and uh, that's still that's unbelievable. And, it's, and, and yeah. somebody will pay three hundred thousand dollars yes. for his ashes. Yes. So I know somebody you said on uh, one clip, like you you don't uh, idolize uh-huh. you know anybody yeah, that's yeah. done that. But do you have a favorite that you do? Kinda, I have a favorite. Kind of uh, studied Israel or? Keys. Israel Key used to used to Dahmer was, was that? Dahmer was my favorite, but I guess. Uh, Really watching that series of Dahmer kind of, it kind of like was a big turnoff for me. You know, like I don't know if you guys watched the Dahmer series yeah. that came out. It but felt very odd for me because I was like, one, it's a terrible impersonation of Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. And two, I felt like I think we're glorifying him. Well, that was the thing. That's that's that when I when I watched it, it was just like it really hit home. Um, that he would, you know, he was targeting, you know, pretty much homosexuals and and black people, really. Yeah. You know? So mm-hmm. after watching that, it like it kind of, it kind of, it kind of hit me, kind of, you know, differently. But so that I kind of went from Dahmer. Right now, Israel Keys has kind of been my thing for several I've never years. Heard of that. I don't know anything about. So that. Israel Israel Keys was a prior service. Um, he lived in Alaska. He would actually get in a plane, fly, let's say, to the New York area. This is okay. hypothetical hypothetical get a rental car drive four hours buy a home bucket depot fill it with guns a kill kit essentially Uh, he would he would plan a kill kit fly back home come back months to a year later so there would be no video footage of him buying those things he would like plan it out to that extent and then retrieve the stuff kill somebody plan it somebody random There was no. Yeah, there was no like profile. There was never rhyme or reason. Yeah, he would kill right. men, women, uh, indiscriminately. Yeah. So it would be like over a six or seven month thing. Oh yeah, he or put, years. It yeah. could it could be years, months. Years. It could be years. Crazy. He was also a bank robber. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a pyro. That's the um, thing to me when I watch any of stuff. I'm like, that's such an odd thing to put myself in that place. I yeah. think that somebody could be in that position where they're like. Have that little amount of remorse or value, yeah, right, onto somebody's life like that is insane. Or like just, I understand, yeah. like so, like your standpoint on it, where you're like in the macabre and dark, but I don't think it's that you're obsessed with the dark as much as you're like thinking of this person was able to do this. Like, how could somebody like? That's how an interesting thing. That? Like, who yeah. thinks of that? That, to me, is an interesting thing of, like, how could somebody be... How can you take a human life? How can you, and under any circumstance, for the most part, but how, what what mental state do what you have to be in? How far point? have you been yeah. pushed? What's happened to you in your life for you to feel justified or want to do this for whatever reason to literally take... A human being's life, yeah. and but then on top of that, go to the lengths that you're doing that, like the, right. the planning, the timing, the the money spent yeah. to do all that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's not your, just you're like wired you just, differently. Yeah, Some people like just oh, go out there and just completely different. Kill this yeah. guy, but yeah. no, like you meticulously think. Oh like, yeah, how can I get away with this? Yeah. How how can I make it look like you know I'm not this person yeah because i i can understand murder i understand murder i can understand being so mad at someone someone does you dirty to the point you want to get rid of that person what i don't understand is being someone who will find someone who they've never met a day in their life and target that person who's undeserving of any kind of thing and just do it to fulfill some kind of internal desire need you know that that I find is hard intriguing. to understand that's hard to understand, Completely understand. and and i find it super intriguing and so does 
most Americans or all these true crime shows wouldn't yeah. continuously being pumped out. But I mean, you look forever. I mean, the dark, like that's the thing that where like you were talking about how uh, people are saying like, oh, you, you know, that's macabre, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, that was just my mom. How long? <laughs> how long have horror movies been out? 50, 60 years. Yeah. I mean, like oh, Night of the Living Dead. Hundred plus horror movie. years. I mean, I mean there like, was no in the nineteen. Yeah, that's yeah. the nineteen twenties. I mean, like, we have been obsessed with the macabre and dark yeah. and, and Since murders. the beginning of time. Yeah. Forever. I mean, open up the open Roman up the Coliseum. Yeah. We watched them. <laughs> right. We watched yeah. them. We would go to France and watch the guillotine. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. like right. this is not yeah. something Public uncommon. execution yeah. used to be yeah. spectacle. That's what I'm yeah. 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 You can literally open. Show. Yeah. Right. You can open up the Bible and read some dark ass shit. You know what I mean? Like. Every religious book has has it in it. This is not new. This is not no, new. We've always no, been into it. The only difference is we're into like a kind of like a a genre of that that it's is more it. open. Yeah, yeah. Um, and people look down on it. You know, some it, we we get like three different kind of types of people. We get people that are intrigued, and you know they want to like how can they get involved and then we have the people like oh that's cool but don't get it keep it away from me and then you got people who are just like man that's the fucking worst thing almost like you're on the same level yeah as the people that committed those crimes so how does it affect you guys hearing people tell you that like you should be ashamed of yourselves and stuff like that does that ever affect you guys i mean it doesn't for me i would say not it doesn't really have an effect on me until my character comes in question. You know, I can be called like I, dude, I've, I've been, I came up in a small country town. I was always kind of like the white trash kind of reject, you know? Yeah. And honestly, I kind of wore that as a badge, you know, like I, I like being different than everybody else. Um, and then it got to where I just learned how to be a kind person and get along with others you know, and I like the fact to come into a situation where everybody has uh, an idea of who I'm going to be, and then leaving and be like, "Holy shit, that was not what I expected." Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like changing minds. That, um, yeah. It doesn't really affect me when people say shit. It's mainly when it's about my character or about the people I care about, and that's usually when it really has. Well, an like effect. I told well, you, so when I was watching that video on the soft white underbelly, what impressed me most, I was like, "You guys actually seem to have a conscience and like super normal." Like, yeah, it was not what I expected listening to you two yeah. speak. That's actually, it's funny you say that. That's the whole reason because I do not. I've always been a behind the curtain person, even when we worked oh, yeah. entertainment and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was always the one in the forefront, and and he was always the face of everything. Um, but I got so tired of seeing all of these people misrepresent what we do. And it was every interview, which you can't find a ton on a murderabilia, but they're out there. And nine out of 10 people were just, they were just assholes. They, they came off as very cold, callous. I don't give a fuck if you give a fuck kind of thing. This is what I'm doing and you're going to deal with it. And, and that to me is disgusting because we do have a conscience around it. There are people affected. And, and, and like I always say, it's like there's, it's fascinating to me because in a lot of these things that you you watch, it's like you interview somebody and they're like, well, are 
we never thought it was going to happen in our community. We always left our doors unlocked. Our kids, yeah. you know, played out in the streets. And then as soon as this horrific thing happens, not only does it affect the the person, the perpetrator's family, the victim's families, but the entire community around it is affected by these these crimes and these horrible things that happen. And the impact is so much larger than than anybody can can really fathom. And those are the things that we want to bring to the forefront. We very rarely do anything like when we're doing a show or an episode, I will never, ever not say the victims names like I want the the victims to be the ones who are, you know, still talked about and because it's just as much as about them. Right. Because it doesn't you shouldn't just go around talking about, you know, to me, it is it is glorifying almost in a way when you walk around and you're like John Wayne Gacy, this John Wayne Gacy, that well, he had. Tens of victims. He had 30, 40, however many victims. Real people yeah, with real lives. And yes. a lot of them were children. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, us having children the same age and it, like somebody yeah. like John Wayne Gacy took those children away from those families and the entire, that Chicago suburb was completely affected. So yeah. uh, it goes so much deeper. And, and when people want to come out of the woodworks and, and say stuff, that's actually why I don't read comments. But a lot of the reason I don't is because if you say that and I hear you say that, I will absolutely say, would you like to discuss it? Would you like to talk about it? Because I would love to discuss it with you. And they won't even take the time to do that. It's like, no, I'm right. This is how I feel. Fuck how you feel. And it's like, well, there's no point in keyboard warriors. Oh, yeah, exactly. So I'm not going to waste my time for somebody who won't even have a discussion about how they feel. That right there is why he doesn't have a fourth wife. (laughs) <laughs> yes, she's smart as fuck. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, she's definitely the smart one. Third sure. time's a charm. I'm the smart one. He's the pretty one. I don't know about you that. Know. <laughs> Have y'all had any death threats before? Um, yeah, not related to this. I was about <laughs> to say not related to the murderabilia stuff. Actually, yeah, I, 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 I used to run with with some with some bad circles back in the day, you know. So. Um, I've, I've really tried to make an effort, especially over the last like decade or pretty yeah. much since I met her, I changed my life. Um, I definitely would have, Oh, I'm good brother. One more and I'm fucking gone son. Um, but yeah, since I met her, dude, it kind of really so gave she me pretty purpose. much changed your life. Yeah, right? she did. She did. I was definitely on a track to probably join like a 1% motorcycle club and probably get my first murder in, uh, you know, probably 10 years ago or so. I so call she him my little uh, porcupine because yeah, yeah. he's he's got this like fluffy interior of just the sweetest and the nicest and, and he just, he wants to love and wants to be loved, but he puts on this like spiky exterior and he just rolls himself into his little spiky ball when, yeah. you know, people come at him and don't try to understand him or see past the spiky facade so yeah i i definitely have learned i've grown a ton in the last 10 years um since me and chelsea been together we've been the poorest we've ever been we had you know allegedly had a year where we did about four million in business so we've we've been we've been down we've been up we've lost everything and had to rebuild um and then now so we we've we've went through some shit like i know it's been 10 years but it really feels like a lifetime you know um, so with you doing this business and the tattoos yeah. and stuff, do you p- feel that people talk to you in a way that, like, they prejudge you? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> Honestly, like, probably when I started getting tattoos, it was more of, like, a thing, like, 
don't talk to me. You know, it was like, yeah. it was like, Hey, yeah, don't, yeah, I look this way. Cause I don't want to talk to you kind of thing. And then, uh, you know, then it just became, you were like a something. kid. I'm sure I was, I was, yeah. I was an angry kid that really just needed a fucking hug and someone to say, I love you. And like really mean it. You right. know? And I was, I was just burning everything down around me. And, uh, so when I started doing it at first, it was like just kind of a rebellion thing. I think one of the first one I got was probably my throat, like probably 15 years ago or something like that. And at the time, there was no one in town that had a throat piece. So I was just like, I need to go up and beyond, you know, <laughs> not really thinking about jobs or anything like that. you know. <laughs> um, and then so then but now it's like so widely accepted. It's, you know, it's just everybody has them, you know, mm-hmm. like especially here or anywhere you go, like every, everybody has tattoos. So, um I don't know what the next thing is. I'm sure when our kids get old, they'll be like, I just got my head pierced, you know, just a big rod straight yeah. through their whole brain and cranium. But So you having the kids, what do the kids think about what you are into? Do they have an idea? I'm sure, well, you have some that are yeah. old enough to have an idea. Do you take Scout and talk yeah. about the rest? So the, the kiddo that we have together, she's... She's something else. I mean, she's just the most inter- genuinely. She's just interesting, yeah. um, and and she's, I don't know. She she what's the uh, something about beating her own drum or, or marches to the beat <laughs> yeah, of her she, own yeah, drum. She, one of those. Yeah, things. I beat my own drum, but she marches to the uh, the beat, beat of, of her, her own drum. drum. Yeah. Um, but she 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 likes it. Uh, she grew up like around us doing the convention stuff. Oh, she so she's met stuff. like Conventions the, are fun. she's yeah. met the people who have played Michael Myers and Jason mm. Voorhees. And she's like That's palled cool. around yeah. with them and stuff. So she always saw it from a different aspect and, and she's still like, we don't let her watch horror movies and stuff. We keep everything very age appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, How old is she? She's eight. Okay. Yeah. So she just actually watched. So like we started with Beetlejuice and, and things like that. Cause I didn't want to throw her into it. And I, yeah. There's, it's a whole science thing, but, um, but you know, she, she loves the horror stuff and she, I don't know if she's necessarily aware of the murderabilia stuff. She knows that we buy and sell weird shit, weird stuff like the oddities. (laughs) I don't think she really understands like the depth of it. She just knows, okay, they've always had a skull around, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of, she's just like, she's not really into it. She's not really against it. Realistically, scientifically, that's not like that weird of a thing. Yeah. 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 yeah, It's, it's it's not, um, uh, you guys have her in school. No, we actually homeschool. Um, we started homeschool this year and you are Catholic. Well, (laughs) it was, was she's like racist redneck schools, to be honest with you. When my, when my kid came kid, home, yeah. well, actually, I got a call from the principal. I got a several mm-hmm. calls from the principal, but this particular time I got a call from the principal, and uh, I was like, what'd she do now? And he was like, she's not in trouble, but I just need to make you aware of the situation. And she had uh, stood up. There was a girl that was getting bullied, um, and, this little, and this is first grade, by the way. So we're talking seven-year-olds, six- and seven-year-olds. Yeah. And, um, you know, she was coming home asking about racism and stuff like that. And, um, you know, this little boy was was throwing slurs around and 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 she uh, she defended her classmate. And the principal was like, you know, I'm I will never punish a child for standing up and doing what's right. 
good for the principal. Yeah. I was thrilled. That was a great principal. But he was also like, we do need to work on the approach because I think she beat this little boy's ass. (laughs) Um, He's like, we do need to work on the approach, but she's not in trouble because she was standing up for another student. So there was a caveat. (laughs) There was a caveat. Um, She's she's grown up around a lot of, you know, we've always had like rapid snakes and... uh, Oh, she'll treat a snake like a puppy. And all that stuff. So mm-hmm. she's grown up different. Like, I, I'm so desensitized because it's just been my yeah. life for a decade. But if I step back at an hour when we go to other people, couples' house and see kind of how they live, like, oh, shit. You know, like, <laughs> I did have a Where's teacher. I did have a teacher call me and because uh, I was checking in on her because she was she was bored and she was just she her mind works differently. And um I was just wanting to check in and make sure she was okay. And the teacher wasn't being very, uh, she wasn't very teacherly. Yeah. She didn't. She, yeah, I got no updates. So I was wondering and she was like, scout's wonderful. She's great. But it, but I just got to know because she she walks around telling the wildest stories all the time. And she was like, you know, she's a leader and all the kids will, you know, circle around her on the playground and she'll just tell these stories about skulls at your house and oh, like yeah, just yeah. and i was like that's oh. why we took her out of school well and, and she was like she just she has an imagination on her that one and i was like actually no we do have what a skull at the house yeah. and his name is holmes and we yeah. do have a snake and yeah. we, you know and, and we and that's the thing is like we've like i don't think about it because it's normal life for us but we've literally had so many people come to our house we've had these major artists come there and you don't think about like what your kids are thinking and them going to school and talking right, about it right. like we had the guy that uh played the oompa loompa and charlie in the chocolate factory he serious? was in uh he come and stayed with us for all deep roy you had and, an actual oompa loompa at yeah yeah house. he's rad the, that's like one of our favorite oh, so you're saying yeah. the new one the the new charlie well, the, not the, the new johnny one. depp johnny one depp the johnny depp one, yeah. one. and he was also not a never the, ended story the, uh, not the one in the 60s yeah no not the not the newest one no, he's in his sixties. Yeah, Deep Roy. He's in his sixties. No, no, I was talking about the one that was no, no the no, one with Johnny Depp. The, the Johnny yeah. Depp. Yeah. I actually prefer the Johnny Depp one. Yeah, yeah. So we, we had, saw the uh, the new one. Oh, the new one was so yeah. good, dude. Really? I took my kids. There. I love it, that yeah. fucking movie, yeah. bro. Well, it's good if you like musicals. Yeah, I'm not a big like, musical guy, but my kids a lot of singing. My kids loved it. Yeah, I dude, I love the new Wonka. Um, I want to see Dune Part Two. That's gonna be the oh, next yeah. movie I go see. Yeah, we actually start started telling our kid not to go and tell kids about the stuff we do because we didn't want them her to be perceived as a liar. You know, you yeah. come to school every day, I'm like, guess who's at my house? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as far that's as still pretty cool. How did yeah. you get him to come to your house? Well, we started doing the convention, and uh, we booked him one year. We became uh, friends, and then he would drop into Bowling Green, uh, at, you know, out of nowhere, come and see us. And then we kept doing business with him. Last time we were in L.A., we went and ate lunch with him. He just stopped um, by your house. Yeah, we're just, we get along, dude. I've got pictures of us at the Atlanta Aquarium hanging out. And he's like this. I mean, he's probably like, I don't know. He's <laughs> he's short. No, he's, he's really short. He's probably, up to me, he's probably like this. No. So I've got pictures. Yeah, I'll show you pictures in a second. Um, and he gets recognized a lot. But for whatever reason, he's always... He'll comment all the time on my Facebook. I can post a picture of me holding a skull, and he'll be like, radical, dude. And I'm just like, damn, I'm surprised he'll do that. Matter of fact, when we shot a horror movie that still hasn't been uh, put out, uh, he sent he did an acting part in it on Love and sent it to me for free and said, That's use it. Awesome. With him cussing, too. It was fucking great. <laughs> but So we've got to do like some really cool shit, like looking back on it. Most of our kids, like I do have a, 
uh, a 12 year or 11 year old and 13 year old girl. Um, they're kind of like, I think they're kind of getting the age where they think, okay, you're a little creepy dad, you know, or like the tattoos. I think sometimes are embarrassing because when I go to their schools, it's not, you know, like I'm, I stick out like, yeah. you know, you don't um, say. and my son, my son is 19. And like I said, he was a, he's an emo rapper. Uh, he grew up in Columbus, Georgia. He has a real basic voice like this. And uh, he nothing I nothing I do is cool. I've literally brought rappers to his school, like one day to like, and it just nothing I could do is cool. You know, even when I went on no jumpers, like just get me a shirt. You know, that was it. I mean, he's emo though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's super talented though. But yeah, so I I ended up getting a vasectomy. So no more kids, dude. I'm done. Done, son. Well, you're not the only one on this. Yeah, yeah. Done with us. No more. Yeah. Like cheers. I see cheers, cheers over there. Yeah. Cheers. yeah. <laughs> I guess on that note, we're going to wrap yeah. it up. There we go. Oh, uh, yeah. Wrap it up. Hey. We don't have to wrap it up no more. Do you have anything in particular you want to promote? Yeah, dude. Uh, you can check out All We Do at. Oh, um, <laughs> you can check out All We Do at offbeathorror.com. That's O F F B E A T horror.com. Yes, and we uh, we do a lot of stuff. You can go watch the pilot episodes of our show. You can go to listen to our podcast, um, which we we got to have you guys on it too. Absolutely. Um, and you can just see all the little creative things we do, all the shit for self. You and maybe you're out there and you're sitting. You've got your great great grandfather's skull in a cabinet somewhere, and you want to sell it. We want to buy them. Yes, we want your skulls. <laughs> That's about all I can say. Hey, you say you guys have a. Uh have a convention coming up. Yes, at the National Corvette Museum next weekend, dude. I'm, oh man, it's, it came so quick. March second, third. Like uh, Jake the Snake oh, will be there. Uh, the guy that played Pinhead, um, Paul T. Taylor, Butterbean's going to be there. Hannah Fearman from VHS will be there. Uh, Rick Prince, who was in uh, Face Off, special effects guy. We got a lot more. We've got one of the guys from um, Boondock Saints, or as I said on the radio a couple weeks ago, Boon Dick Saints. Um, he'll be there. Uh, so it's a, it's a lot of fun, dude. It's a family fun, and it's uh, cheap and free parking. So come on out, meet us. We'd love to meet you. So you can't beat free parking. No, yeah, so, so for me, um, you know, I watched Soft White Underbelly. And I was I told Kellen, I was like, hey, man, there was this guest on there. Like, I saw they were in Nashville. I'm going to message and see if they'll come on the show. Mm-hmm. And for you to message back immediately and just come out here and stuff, and to actually sit here and talk to you as real people, yeah. I, you're more than welcome to come on here anytime you oh, want. Yeah, this Same has dude. been a great conversation, yeah. great interview. Um, I hope we have another beer as we sit here. And, um, yeah, best of luck on everything that you do in yeah, this world. You. And thank I hope that do. everything is a tremendous success for you. I appreciate Same that, brother. Guys. Same to you Anything guys, yeah. for you, sir? Dude, I want to comment on the video I saw a while back. About you were talking about the mummified uh, arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. Like you said, if you uh, looking for any gift ideas, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Go dude. further yeah. <laughs> than offbeat horror. Yeah, <laughs> that was. I, I love. I, I love pushing the envelope a little bit, bro. <laughs> like when, uh, real quick for you, close. When we had that store, and I was telling you people were protesting us. Yeah. I end up getting one of those big arrow signs, and I had it say seventy five percent off demonic possession. Pointing at the building just to fuck with them a little bit. So, uh, and people, uh, we would, uh, if you wanted to sell your soul to us for 20% off we gave you uh, a forever, yeah. Uh, yeah, we gave you a discount and, and you signed a certificate and we put it on our wall and you got a discount, 20% off everything. 
<laughs> for the life of the store. And so so when I was watching yourself like underbelly the whole time, I'm like making commentary. So I always make commentary yeah, yeah. while I watch these. I was like, these motherfuckers ain't fucked up enough. He needs a drug story. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Y'all yeah. got me uh, drug addicts. Some CBD. <laughs> I, I, I get down with the uh, CBD legal and off in Drug. Mark needs a drug story. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, thank y'all so much, man. We hey, I've man. had a blast. Thank dude. you, man. Uh, thank you guys for coming on. Yeah, no problem, dude. Absolutely. Y'all have a great week. Take care. Later.